0: the page, get it out of your head.
2: the page, get it out of your head. And the page. Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me today via Zoom is Juliet Ayres Gilio and Keith Gilio. Hello. Hey, Pilar! Hey, Pilar!
0: Nice to see you.
2: Nice to see you too. Welcome back after years. It's been it's been quite a while since you were on the podcast.
0: This is true. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. and,
0: and to, we'll make sure whatever happened last time doesn't happen again. Well,
2: <laughs> I think it was a positive experience. I okay. think it's okay. It really, it really is. Um, <laughs> Uh, Just to refresh your memory about Juliet and Keith, they are a husband-wife screenwriting duo who have been writing together longer than they've been married, and they have been married for a long time. They have produced two children, The Usual Way, four books, The Usual Way, and 16 movie credits as screenwriters and produced producers in a very unusual way because there is no usual way in Hollywood and their produced films include most recently Christmas reservations and a very nutty Christmas on lifetime other credits include Disney's Tarzan a Cinderella story pizza my heart Halloween Town and Joshua among others and also uh, you guys are professors as well right
0: this is true this is right we we, we profess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're, we, we teach screenwriting, which is a lot of fun. So after the,
0: um, I guess it was after the last writer's guilt strike, and hopefully it will not be another one upcoming, but after the last one, um, We started to think, you know, what else
1: would we like to do with our lives? And we realized that we had these MFAs; they were still in the tube from NYU. We never bothered to take them out, but we realized that they were going to come in handy if we wanted to become professors. And so, Keith got a tenure track job at
0: at um, where do I work? Newhouse. 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 (laughs) I work at Newhouse. University. um, So I threw my name in the hat, and I could not believe I got hired. And we've been here now.
1: We've been here nine years. Nine years. Gosh. And, nine and, years,
0: and we never thought we'd have a writing career again.
1: This is true. We figured we were going to be professors, and after Keith got his job, and I became – I got on the tenure track at SUNY Oswego and part of a great creative writing program where I teach screenwriting, mm-hmm. obviously. And so it was. I think it was two years ago. It was 2018 Christmas, and we always have our whole family here uh, about – Twelve of us are gather around, spend the night at our house for a couple of nights, and we go all out at Christmas. Like the house is completely decked out. We have five Christmas trees. Every inch of like the house is covered with mm-hmm. with something that's Christmas related. And I remember my dad, who was about eighty at the time, he'd been watching a Christmas princess on Netflix. And <laughs> I'm Christmas like, Prince. oh, Christmas princess. It was a princess. Anyway, Prince, anyway. But I'm like, dad, why are you watching this? He goes, no, it's actually really good. And you know, these are the kind of movies you and Keith should write. And honestly, it was like a light bulb went off in our head and we realized, Oh
0: wow. And you should write these. Right. And concurrently, and I think this is important for the listeners and for the aspiring screenwriters and I'll start professing about this now (laughs) is that, I think people tend to break in in groups. And the people that young writers are meeting now, they're friends, they might be friends with them for 30 or 40 years. So I went to a little college called Wagner College and I met a good friend named David Breckman. Um, Dave and I would drive around, sneak into movie theaters and talk about getting agents and selling scripts. And we were both lucky enough to do that. So Dave had been writing a few Christmas movies for Paula Hart and Melissa. And then he got on a TV show, so he recommended us. And we uh, wrote to Paula. So we wrote to Paula, and
1: she said, I would like to read you. And she read a writing sample we had, and she really liked it.
0: And then we had an idea
1: that we really wanted to pitch to her, and it was called
0: A Very Nutty Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, we always like to pitch in person, and we were up in Syracuse, but she was going to be in Manhattan. So we drove down on a Friday uh, we pitched it to Paula, and then um, she said, "Can you stick around Monday? I'll get you into a Lifetime." And then we we won. ended
1: up pitching the Lifetime, yeah. and that actually went really quickly. We've never had a script move as quickly as that one did mm-hmm. because we sold the pitch in February, and it was greenlit. The pitch was greenlit, and so after a couple drafts, they filmed it in Connecticut, mm-hmm. and uh, let's see, it was filmed in April, and then aired that in December. So that was a fantastic, it was really it was great experience. how quickly yeah. it went. And A Very Nighty Christmas is all about a um, a nutcracker ornament who comes to life. A, Very splash, uh, can I like.
2: add a hot nutcracker ornament who comes yes. to life? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Played by Barry Watson. Barry Watson.
2: <laughs> great casting. One thing that we've loved
1: about working with Paula Hart is she's so good at getting great actors mm-hmm. to play all the parts that we come up with.
0: Yeah. And she's very writer friendly, so it's a different process than the development hell that was features, even the features of the early nineties when we were breaking in projects that were just left on a shelf. This is if something gets bought, chances are they're going to make it. So
2: and so love. and so, you know, after that, you've also got Christmas reservations. Are you going to be doing other like? Is this is. Are you going to be churning out family movies for a lifetime, do you think? Do you think this is, like, I don't know, you know, the GEO factory?
0: We, had, we had, um, uh, Todd Feldman was one of our agents at one time. And I think it was after we got fired from Paramount on a job. And he said, uh, let's go to Disney. Let's go to Disney. You haven't crapped out of Disney yet. Let's go to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep rolling the dice at Disney. Lifetime's been wonderful to work with, wonderful to us. And, yes, we have other things in the pipeline with them. And barring the um, um, the quarantine being lifted, we might have another one on this year. We're waiting to see what that, uh, the
1: forecast is for out, that.
0: Right? But, yeah, for now, yes. And then that has led to other opportunities, which we hope will – up here.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's, it's been really great to write for a star like Melissa Joan Hart because she's just so funny. She has like a Lucille Ball quality. And like one of the things that we, in the first script we wrote for her was where we had um, her character had to chug some eggnog and we knew she wouldn't mind. Like right. she was depressed because her boyfriend had just Santa Claus had just dumped her mm-hmm. and she's in the back room chugging eggnog and Melissa's like, I can do this.
0: Like, I, think, I think one of the notes was she, she should... She was never charred the eggnog, and then we saw the dailies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I like I like the grounded quality that she brings to her characters too. Mm-hmm. I got that right away, and it, it it made it feel accessible. You know, even though you've got this magical element, I just want to know because I, you know, it, the the family audience and the family intentions are are right there. So, how do you keep yourself from writing lines like? You know, I got some nuts I want to crack, like stuff like that. Like that must have oh, been yeah. so hard.
0: Well, we put them in, people laugh, and then they don't seem to make it to the final edit. Ah,
2: I got <laughs> right? it. Got it. So you could just sort of get that out of your system. Yeah, All get right. it
0: out of here. yeah. yeah that line's not going to work. There,
2: and there
1: was even one line that that made it into production. And the actors were laughing. They were like, how did this get past everybody? It was, it, so was, it was, I can't believe. Oh, you, know, you
0: said, what got into her? And someone says, I think he did.
1: <laughs> oh, sweet.
0: Very yeah. nice.
1: We filmed it, but alas, that did not make it to the cut.
0: But <laughs> well, we were on the set and um the actors were like, this is not they're not going We filmed it, but yeah, we'll see what happens.
2: We'll see what happens. Yeah. You guys no, have always been very good with family audiences with we with definitely all have. of your yeah. your stuff. I mean, and this was before you even had a family. So right. so you know, for people who are aiming at a family audience, how do you Write something with that intention, and still keep it grounded and real, um, you know, so it doesn't come off as too saccharine.
0: It's interesting. Well, and it, well, it, it helps to have kids, but that's one thing. But when we were doing this before. We were. It's and we, strange though, because we we had written a couple of family comedies. That one, I think, one got optioned, and one didn't get made. And so we wrote something really kind of hard. Like we wanted to write an unromantic comedy, which is a very edgy romant, um, comedy. It was called Beer Boy a long time ago. We sent it out with a can of beer. No one bought it, but suddenly we are getting all these jobs. And the jobs we were getting were for family comedies mm-hmm. based on a very edgy script, which was, not, it was about revenge. And so it was. we it realized it's easier to pull back. It's easier for to write something funny on the page, write the, you know, uh, not off color, but the jokes that might not, not fly at the network and they can pull back. I think it's easier to go from ha, ha, H-A to aw, A-W-W, aw <laughs> uh, to ha.
2: Mm-hmm. I got it.
1: Definitely yeah. true. And and we also tend to um, write a lot about our own families. And we come from really different backgrounds. And I remember when we got married, Keith's Italian, Jewish. I'm like Protestant. Mayflower.
2: <laughs> Mayflower, And
1: I remember we first, got married.
0: First class on the Mayflower. Ah, there you
1: go. Uh, when, when we got married, my mother said, my mother will never listen to this podcast. Right, so, so I'm pretty this. safe in saying this. But my mother said, oh, you're having an interracial marriage. Oh, my God. And, Yes. And so the first script that we ever sold was called Welcome to the Family and was all about a mother-in-law that hates her her bride. To, well, it's actually sister. the
0: yeah. mother-in-law who hates the bride-to-be so the much. Mother, the son's mother who's getting married hates the daughter that the woman the son is marrying. So on the day of the wedding, she kidnaps the bride. Right. So we, we sort of flipped it, but uh, e-
1: everything we write t- tends to, we try to ground it in reality from our own experience. So that was
0: based on Juliet's mother, the character's named Ginny. Matt Midler was attached to it for about five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wow. it, was nice. it was like a renewable yeah. option each year, but it never got off the ground. Yeah.
1: And then, and then our most recent Christmas movies have been really fun because where we can, we've tried to name them after some of our family members. Mm-hmm. Only this backfired with *A Very Nutty Christmas* because, well, actually, it didn't really backfire. But our daughter's name is Sabrina, right. and so we named there was a Sabrina mentioned in the movie, and everyone assumed that it was because of <laughs> Melissa being Sabrina. Oh, right, right,
2: right, right. But that was actually uh, your kid. Don't you owe the other kid? Uh, we do. So she was in it, but then they
0: changed it. They
1: changed her name, and the producer felt badly about that. So there's a device, you know, we all say, I won't say that
0: right, Alexa the, the works. A word, <laughs> You know, ignited.
1: But instead, we named it the Ava. So there was a device called Ava, and I think in a nutty Christmas, Melissa Joan Hart's character says, Ava, you know, what's the temperature? Or yeah. Ava, right? Or Ava, play this song. And so yeah. that was the idea. Yeah. And our daughter's name is, our other daughter's name is Ava. Right. Both our children named after Billy
0: Wilden. Ah.
2: Yeah, you know,
0: from the iconic Sabrina with Humphrey Bogart and Audrey Hepburn and William Holden. And then. You'll never guess the other one. No, a movie called Avante. Oh, huh. Avante was a movie with Jack Lemmon, where he swam nude in the um, Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. Mediterranean, and it's a story about a guy, a, a man whose father has died in a car accident in Italy, and has to go and retrieve the body. And when he gets to the funeral home, there's a young woman there, and he realizes, who, and her mother had died. And he realizes oh. dad had been having an affair. And then through the course of the movie he falls in love with the woman.
2: It sounds uh, like like a like a you know, some kind of independent that yeah, was, know, would be the, out right now and get yeah. all kinds of Oscar buzz and it was, like like a, a, it was
0: I think it was sixty seven, so it was it was ahead of his time, yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well yeah. he was ahead of his time. I'll, I'm gonna watch that now. That's really cool. Wow. It's
1: a great movie. We love Billy Wilder, so we knew we had to name them.
2: Give yeah.
0: them names from that. The other choices were the apartment, Giulio, Emile, Dude, Buddy, 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 Giulio. I want Buddy, 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 Buddy. buddy, buddy, you buddy,
2: buddy. <laughs> Do you? I mean, what are some other influences for you guys? I mean, you you clearly speak speak the same language when it comes to structuring your stuff, right? And coming mm-hmm. up with story beats, it seems mm-hmm. fairly effortless for you, which means that you you probably enjoy the same influences. I think it would be good for other people to know some movies that maybe they should watch to kind of get them in that mode too. I mean, you, you were both graduate students at mm-hmm. NYU film school, right? When you met. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah? So yeah. yeah, you you're probably well-versed in this. So there was one movie in terms of framing
1: this toward the Christmas movies. We love the movie love actually, mm-hmm. and we watched it obsessively. And so when we'll, after this, first Movie when Melissa said, I really want to set a movie on a ski slope. We were like, Ah, oh, yeah,
0: so we're both big Richard is... Curtis fans. Um, but prior to that, you know, when we started dating, it was always, um, you know, Sorry, Capra. Capra, yeah, I love we love Capra, yeah, sure, you know, Capra. love Capra, love to do a Capra movie. But you know, the work of Nancy Myers, right, Nora Efron, mm-hmm. you know, they're really kind of hopefully the smarter romantic comedies. Uh, once wrote a movie. So if it was ever in a movie book, it would be between, be between Neil Simon and Woody Allen because it was that kind of comedy. Um, that's what I was schooled on. And even though I love sci-fi and horror, I just haven't been able to... to yeah,
1: out. we realize we shouldn't write sci-fi. I think that's important. <laughs> I think that's important to know, though. You have to sort of... you sh- You have to know what you're good at writing because I think a lot of people that are breaking in, they think, well, why don't I just write everything? Mm-hmm. But the reality is most people aren't good at writing every genre. So you have to write the one that you know.
0: Yeah. Find one, stick to it, establish mm-hmm. yourself, and then you can go do what you and want. And then you do. can
1: watch, you know, Star Trek, Picard, but you don't have to write on it. Keith.
0: No. Nope.
2: <laughs> so when you, I always ask people that this these days, because everybody's got a different way in when they yeah. start to write. So right. when you start to write something, what is your process as uh, a writing team?
1: Well, it's gotten it's gotten easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of things that we do now is we we have certain playlists. So when we're <laughs> right. writing a certain Christmas movie, like obviously when we when we wrote Nutty Christmas, we listened to Tchaikovsky music nonstop, Nutcracker. the Nutcracker right. nonstop. We had it on a continuous loop. So it's almost Pavlovian. Like you sit down, you hear dun, 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 dun and you're like, right. oh, must this start n-
2: typing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> The David Gray White Ladder album I cannot listen to because I was writing Joshua at the time. I just kept playing it on loop, loop, loop. I really liked it. So that's that's one thing to do. But we start small, go big. And we start with the log line. And then we kind of expand the log line. And where we used to have offices and two computers and trying to work this out and you do this and that, you know, Google Docs probably saved our writing career and saved our marriage (laughs) because we didn't have to fight over the keyboard anymore. You can be, you can collaborate. I know Final Graph has collaboration and Fade is too, but, Google Draft. It's instantaneous. It's right there. Uh,
1: it's it's fantastic. So we're both on the same Google document. We're breaking the story. Keith writes something. I can go back, delete, 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 while yeah. he's still writing. Or he can do the same thing to me. And it's it's made our work much more organic and it flows but easier. And it makes it more fun to sit down to start working too, because mm-hmm. you don't feel like you don't feel like oh I'm writing the script yet. Because you're not actually in final draft. So you're just having fun. It's yeah. like you're playing in the sandbox.
0: Yeah, we like to trick ourselves into writing a script. And the way you do that is, again, one page, expand it to five. And luckily, like Lifetime wants like an eight page treatment. And then we'll expand that to a 20 page treatment. And then we'll keep putting notes into the Google Doc. And you'll look and you say, oh, I did about 40 pages here. I'm halfway done. Maybe I'll flesh out some more scenes. So we kind of like really flesh everything out. And then you write that first draft and you see what works and what doesn't work. It took us forever to figure out the get the Mouse King into the Very Nutty
2: Christmas. Oh, that was very clever, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. the, yeah. the little tail, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet.
0: <laughs> yep. But it's all, it's all part of the process. So once you have that first draft, we like to think it's a little more solid. I was a big fan of Cameron's treatments you know, James Cameron and his romantic comedies.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Teach but you. but he, he did he did uh, a treatment form that was specific to him. I don't know about them. He did for one of them, yeah. He, he, he always
0: does scriptments, oh, which okay. are hybrid between and they're available online just them. They're hybrid between uh, a uh, treatment, treatment and, and a, script. a script. So it just reads more like a movie. Okay. Yeah, So we do those. And, and
1: that's and, sort of what we do. So yeah, we start with the outline that we've had once they've signed off on it. And then we start creating the scriptment in the Google doc. And that's what's, that's kind of the fun part. Yeah. And so you have dialogue in there, but it's all on the left-hand margin. Yeah, we
0: stay in the left-hand margin. It's kind of like what John August is doing with, um, his Highland two writing, which mm-hmm. is all left margin writing. Mm-hmm. And then when you're ready to do it, you transfer it into final graph or fade in.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Also, like the, the process you talked about with sort of your outlining process sounds like it doesn't go from small to big. It goes from big to small because you're talking really big picture, right? Big right. picture log line, big picture with those story beats. And then you're getting more and more specific yes. even as, you're, as you're, yeah. your actual project is developing and looking mm-hmm. fatter, right?
0: Looking fatter. And we, mm-hmm. still, we still card it out.
2: We still, yeah.
0: we are old school. We card that. I don't even think that's old school. I think it's normative. I think most people still card things out, right? They just, they just make, make it cards.
2: digitally. They're digital cards. Yeah.
0: We, do mm-hmm. we still like physically.
2: I like the physical. I
1: need to see it like on a big board.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And in the case
1: of um, uh, Christmas reservations, it was it was such an intricate plot that we had different colored cards. We tried everything because we had to interweave all those different storylines.
2: So when, when we're talking about carding it out, just in case you know the, the people sure. listening don't know what we're talking about, um, why don't you explain a little bit more about what you mean that way? Because again, there are... This is in your final draft. This is also sort of in the way I teach. It's just different versions of the Everyone same has thing. A different
0: version. Yeah. I remember, I think J.J. Abrams has the wheel. His mm-hmm. go around it. So ours are, for features, there are about 40 cards.
1: So a card means an index card. So yeah. we take the white index cards, and the smaller, the better, like the small ones.
0: And we, this is how we teach students now, too. And you can use a program called Trello. To do this, also it's really wonderful.
1: It's free too. T R E L L O. this yeah. is
0: how when I was, I, I got very lucky. I was a writer's assistant. My first job out of NYU was a writer's assistant for a screenwriter who was very hot at the time, still is, and he refused to fly to LA. So my job was to go from New York City to Madison, New Jersey working for a guy named Andy Breckman, and he was writing movies to Steve Martin, working with Nora Ephron, and I got to be his assistant. And I walked into the room, and it's this big pool table. I said, oh, I'm going to shoot pool? All right. He goes, no, it's for the cards. And you know you're rich if you have a pool table functioning as your pork <laughs> <laughs> But it, it was basically, I never learned this at film school. It was basically you kind of outline your story. And you put, what, seven words or less on a card. And a card is like describing maybe the first minute of the movie or the first three minutes of the movie. But it's like, you know, open with a hook, right? Set up the character, status quo, little exposition, inciting incident, that's one column. Mm-hmm. And then you go along and you have about eight columns of five cards, each one. Each card is equal to about two and a half or three pages
1: of screenplay. Right. And that way you keep your pacing on track too. On track. And in the bottom, the bottom of each, so there are, there are eight columns, right? And the bottom card of each column has to be a major turning point that then shoots you up into the next, the next right. little a section. Whammy.
0: Some emotion yeah. reveals something fails. You go on to the next step, you go on to the next step. And so that visual blueprint is what we start really kind of, after we've, Started small with the idea, and built it out. We make sure we hit our structural beats, and we like doing that because it keeps us. Now that's like like you're going to be driving across the country, and I am. you don't have a plan. But then if there's a sign that says like giant giant ball of wax, right? I'm going to see that giant ball of wax, and you do the same thing, but you have mm-hmm. your map still, so mm-hmm. you can take your turns and come back to the road. You know where you have to be. At certain
2: points. That was actually gonna be my next question. Not about the giant ball of wax, because I'm scared right. about what you just said, because I'm like, where does the wax come from? Like is it ear <laughs> wax? I'm not <laughs> stopping. <laughs> but but it 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 goes with this next question, which is how you stay with your structural map, right? Um, without veering into formula and you've just said, you know, well, along the way, we're going to see interesting things that we've never seen before. Right. Um, How do you guys do it in the brainstorming process as you're getting to these key moments that you know, you want to hit, but you want to do it in a way you've never done it before or in a way that's true to your characters and world.
1: I think uh, that's where it's really helpful to have two people to be writing in a Mm -hmm. team because I might say something, and Keith would be like, no, we, we've already seen that a million times. Right. What if we flip that? What if we flip the genders? What if we change out the situation? Yeah. And likewise, I could say the same thing. But a lot of times what we do is is really you turn it on its head. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, change the occupation, change the location.
0: Yeah, and right. uh, you know, Richard Curtis says that he writes every scene five times. Mm-hmm. See if what's the best way in. What's right. the best thing? And what can we use? What can we use later? And that's what's nice about having the blueprint Like, Oh, if we do this here, that'll pay off later, right? You know, or, or vice versa. Yeah.
1: And and that's also why it's really nice to have these index cards laid out on a table or on a board because you can be like, oh, it would be more original if if she gets attacked by the bear over here and not here or things like that. So that that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, there are certain tropes that, Happen in um, when you're writing Christmas movies yeah. or in, in any type of genre.
2: And that's something you can't. Oh, oh no. Sorry, dog. Dog. That's all right. Look, this is the, the fun of actually talking to people from their homes is you get to that's hear pets and kids and all that kind of stuff. Uh How many dogs do you have? Well, that's actually
1: Teddy. And so Teddy. Teddy's the reason that we have a reindeer dog in the Christmas movie um Christmas Reservations. Be- and so Teddy was the inspiration for that. He is a big chocolate lab and sometimes he likes to chair- carry this super long stick in his <laughs> mouth. Uh-huh. So there was one time where we were walking down the street and, and the far end of the block were a couple of reindeer, not reindeer, okay. a couple a couple deer, deer, deer who looked at Teddy and for a moment they thought Teddy was one of them
0: because he had a giant stick and it looked like, and the branches are cu- curved up. And so the, I've never seen um, deer do a double take.
2: <laughs> oh, that's cool. That is so <laughs> cool.
0: Bad earnest movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it went on.
2: So that's it's an so example funny. of a fresh take right there, right? It's like, right. oh, you know, right. kids who want a dog. Well, wait a minute. What? It's Christmas, right? What if it's a reindeer dog? And what if they think it's a reindeer right up front, right? Deer? Yeah.
1: What if they pretend that it's a reindeer dog? and And the whole story kind of, trickles down like that. Yeah. But yeah, so that's an example of you constantly keep pulling ideas from your own life. And I think that makes it fresh because we're the only ones living our life. So I think, I hope so. Um, hope so. I hope
0: but anyway, so
2: that's a whole other maybe. Maybe. I know, a, I So that's that, going to make I, I, it fresh. I
0: hope there's another me out there who's even more visual.
2: <laughs> I hope if there's another me out there, she's taller. That's all I can yeah. say. I could just reach things. That would... Such a life improvement, right there. Um. So, uh, you have been, uh, working from Syracuse, uh, for seven years, right? Is what you said? Okay, nine 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 years. years. I'm sorry, I'm in denial. It just doesn't seem that long. Okay, (laughs) so for nine nine years. years, So here's all these people going, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to work virtually, and I have to take Zoom meetings, and I have to, you know. It interact with my studio. And how do I do that if I'm at home? Well, you guys have been doing it for nine years. So you got any tips?
0: Um, well, you know, we had spent a long time in LA building connections, you know, so we were there
2: 20
1: years. And so
0: we constantly would go back. I saw you out there a few years back. Yeah, uh, Yep. And um, we'd go back and take our meetings and see what everyone's doing and just keep, Keep talking and keep building connections. So, I would
1: say, though, that the first time that you meet people, it should be in person. Because we learned that the hard way one time in L.A. where we had a great story, but we had to pitch it on oh, yeah. the phone. Oh, yeah. And it just doesn't work as well. So when we when we were first pitching Nighty Christmas, we did that all in person. Right. And then once it was set up, we did all the notes over the phone. Right. But then we were okay.
2: Now we're yeah. like in a time where Zoom, in a way, is in person. I mean, if you're doing... Well, yeah, yeah,
1: no, it's yeah. yeah. You know I, what? you're absolutely right. right.
0: It's my travel budget just went down because <laughs> I could just Zoom people. And, um, you know, the drive from, we used to live on the west side to Disney was, forget it, it's two, two hours, <laughs> three hours, you have to stop for a meal. And um, so...
1: So you're absolutely right, though. Yeah. You can do a lot... As long as people can see your face and yes. that they understand that yeah. you're making a joke, that you're not, like, insulting someone but or for whatever. for young
0: writers, when we, were, when we were breaking in, we had a pretty good writing group. We had um, about five of us, and we all wound up working. And I was thinking about this the other day, like, should I start a new virtual writing group with my friends in L.A., Sure. Because I don't, you it? no, you can just switch page, change pages, and you get notes, you get feedback, and you see your friends. So, exactly.
2: Like, as somebody who does that already, I can tell you it works. It really does yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. And the phone works really well
1: to get notes. Once you're, once you're at that, the next really? stage of the film, it works really well. I don't
2: think anybody, look, I give the worst phone. Like, nobody gets yeah. worse phone than I, I'm. I hate it for some reason I cannot translate what I mean on an actual phone call, but yeah, zoom does help. Um, I'm kind of glad that this is going to become an, you know, something that people are more comfortable with because I think it will open things up for people who don't live in LA that they can communicate their idea. They can pitch. I think Mm -hmm. Austin's doing a virtual pitch fest now too, because of everything that's happening. So you know, hopefully, it will just allow more creativity from all over the country. The more
0: world. opportunities, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, more stories. Yeah. I mean, I, one thing we learned about um, it was the old Ron Howard line, which isn't oh, good. Yeah. Uh, the Gary Marshall line: eight million, eight million people
1: in Manhattan, eight, eight million, eight million stories. stories.
0: Eight million people in L.A., one story. <laughs> 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 just meaning that everyone, there's so many people trying to break into the business, and what we love about being out here is that it's, it's a little bit, like you said, it's a little bit grounded and you'll meet the guy who runs the mall and you'll meet the divorce attorney across the street and you find these kind of interesting people. And, you,
2: and when you go to a coffee shop, you're the only one working the only on screenplay. Right. Right. <laughs> And yeah. then you're trying to bring real, you know, people with, like you said, change up the job, right? Well, yeah. you don't have people that all have the same jobs around you. You can actually, you know, steal from from a variety of lives around mm-hmm. you. <laughs> um, no, I I've had the pleasure, um, Keith, of, of working with some of your studi- students who come out here mm-hmm. once a year for a Hollywood program, right? There's it's yes, Hollywood sweetie. in Syracuse, yes, yeah. Um, so, uh, i am you know, a lot of them are actually producers as well, right? Mm -hmm. Or want to be producers.
0: They want to be producers. Yeah. So we teach a class uh, called creative producing, which kind of trains them to be manager producers and they give notes on scripts and have to find studio reboot ideas. So we kind of teach them some tools.
2: Now you guys, so you're not only screenwriters, you're also, you've also produced. So for people who are looking to, uh, become producers. Um, what, I would, I would love some just general tips. I mean, there's so many different kinds of producers. Maybe we can start with the kind that you were and what kind of opportunities are out there, how people could start sort of grabbing them up or looking for material.
0: Well, I think it's this, I think Brooklyn Weaver was a big manager producer. Um, uh, it actually came to one of my UCLA classes, which was really funny. Um, he talked about being in film school and recognizing that he was not going to be the good writer and he knew who he, who he was. So he started repping his friends, right? So that's one way, in, right? That's one way. In. I became an accidental producer because we had done a lot of work with Disney channel, returned to Halloween town, piece of my heart, a couple of things I had not made, Noah, a couple of things. And so I was at a poker game where a friend gave me a script and the script was a Cinderella story and from that i said oh this is interesting i worked with the writer gave her to some development notes and then i had another friend when we first moved to la this why i go back to my original argument that people break into in groups so when we first moved to la i shared a garage with the guy who would later direct cinderella's story for me and so i knew i knew the script and i knew my director mark had worked with Lindsay Lohan and Hilary Duff. And we gave everyone out the script. Everyone hated it. And then we went off the script with <laughs> Hilary Duff, and it was a gold movie. So <laughs> I was more of the creative producer. I wasn't Michael Rock Meal did all the line producing. Uh, the Case of the Scala came in to do the physical production stuff. So I was, you know, story guy. And that was one way in. You could find... People if you have a good sense of story, you' are able to get good notes find a good piece of material, and you can convince the writers to that yeah, you'll you know tear down a wall to get the movie made yeah. We so, become,
2: yeah. I, so that's an interesting, especially for people who listen to this podcast, who are story people, right? To to say, look, this is this is a valuable skill in the world of producers. There are those producers who are who can create the production team. There are those producers who can get the financing. There are those yeah. producers who can find the distri- distributors. But not everybody can find the project and develop that project, right? Yeah. Those are the the people that. You know, when you're getting the Academy Awards, they're the ones everybody's congratulating, right? You exactly found right. this, you developed this, you
0: developed this. Mm-hmm. and we talk a lot about how um, not all our students are going to be writers, but you should know story.
2: Mm. And if
0: you, every producer should try to have written a script at one point in their lives. <laughs> that's that's our take. Different? Yeah, no, I'm no. Great. And yeah. then with with the other stuff, we just kept with uh, the lifetime movies. They they keep us involved. And so they said, okay, you guys should have producer credit. So we did. Yeah.
2: So what's ahead for you guys? Can you give some teasers of what's ahead without ruining confidentiality or um, ruining a deal? You can't. Well,
0: I can't. <laughs> well,
2: uh, Melissa will be in another movie.
0: Cool. Yes, that'd be good. Um, it uh, will
1: be about Christmas.
0: We might, might be writing some christmas books
2: really yeah. Yeah. yeah you're you're gonna get thrown out of the the tribe you know
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'll just go over to another holiday
2: okay <laughs> um well, what that,
0: you know it, it's it's you know, again, it's like you're at a table and it's hot and someone's rolling sixes and eights and you're pressing numbers and I can explain all that in another podcast. But um, what basically happens is, you know, one, hopefully one thing feeds another, feeds another. And we've been very kind of fortunate to do this from here.
2: Well, fortunate and skilled and productive and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's, that's, you yeah. know, clearly you deserve all the success you've gotten.
1: And it also really helps to be writing Christmas movies when it's like snowing and snowing and snowing <laughs> ah, outside in Syracuse. <laughs> because usually we tend to write, be writing scripts in January and February and in March, and it will just keep snowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, it puts you in the right frame of mind.
2: Yeah, I think. think it's, are you getting yeah. a lot of eyeballs on your stuff right now because people just want to disappear into yeah. a world where everybody's. You know, baking cookies and uh, unwrapping presents. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Cool. No, it's, it, it's,
0: it's, it's, I think, especially after what's going to happen after COVID, nobody's going to, people are people going to see some dark movie about quarantine? Someone will make it, but I don't think people will see it. I think.
1: People uh, need to feel happy. Like, yeah. even in my own viewing habits right now, I just want to watch comedies. Yeah. I don't want to feel stressed. I yeah. can do that without watching Thrillers, yeah. Something. The
0: first, um, the great recession of 2008, 2008 yeah. They ran for a while, and then I think I'm not sure when Hangover came back. Hangover was out right after a bad economic time and did really well. So, be interesting to see what happens. Although, um, you know, we were writing family movies, and then Hollywood stopped making family movies for a while. Well, they, they stopped, stopped making, making rom coms too, yeah, stopped making rom yeah. But those
2: are on an upswing, those are back.
0: Or the back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you back.
2: taking some scripts out of the closet and dusting them off?
1: Julia mm-hmm. doesn't
0: like to go backward. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got to go forward, you know. A lot of times, there's a reason why those are dusty.
2: <laughs> ah, interesting, interesting. Because also, you know, yeah, our point of view has changed now, post COVID. Our context will change, and that makes sense. That does make yeah. sense.
1: But there was. Well, I think because my feeling is you're going to if you have to dust them off, you're going to have to spend some time yeah. revising them, and why not do something brand new? Right. You know, I just I think that we're we're better writers than we were ten years ago, twenty years ago, and we're also a lot more efficient thanks to the way the computers work together now. Yeah,
0: we'll, well, we'll see. Um, our <laughs> like... our movie Peace of my heart was based on a script. It was our first script we wrote called Verona. And it was 13 years later when a producer called us up. He goes, hey, remember that script I read, Verona? Is it available? And I said, yeah, why? I just sold it.
2: <gasps> what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So that may happen accidentally. You may, you know. But that's right. not a bad way to to, yeah, yeah. to go backwards no, but, as if somebody's, you know, giving you money for it, right?
1: So, right. Sell it, I'm fine. Then yeah, I'll, right, then right, I'll right. dust it off. Yeah. <laughs> now, you also
2: wrote. I didn't realize it was so many books. You've got four books?
0: Is that yes. four?
2: Is it four? Yeah, it's four because...
0: Let's see. I have the comedy blockbuster and the proof of concept.
1: That's only three. Why three. did you
0: write four? And I wrote the fourth. He's got a
1: fourth games. one in he his has, head. He has trouble with math. I did, uh, I did,
0: I did video <laughs> <thing>. the video game <laughs> thing. So
1: you wrote a comedy book. About writing comedy, and then you wrote one about writing video games, right, 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 right. Yep. and then um, a publisher came to me and said, "Would you write a book about writing the short script?" And so I pulled Keith in, and then we wrote that together. And we use it; it's being used at NYU, um, NYU, USC, obviously, SUNY Oswego. Basically,
0: about you know writing a question. short film has your calling part.
2: Oh, Thing. could we please have you on for a second round where you talk about writing the short script, and we make it all about that?
1: Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And
2: yeah. and the book the book is great because each chapter equals like a week of
1: yeah. um of class time. And so it focus it starts small and it goes big. But
0: what we noticed really and good. what we did at film school was try to squeeze a feature into twenty-five minutes. Right. First of all, short films shouldn't even be twenty-five minutes. Right. Not especially
2: uh, these uh, days where uh, they want them yeah, like really at twelve. 12.
0: Maybe twelve yeah, or 11.
1: Yeah. I try to go ten max.
0: Yeah, ten. Max. And so, yeah, our book's called "Proof of Concept: Writing the Short Film," and we talk about all these films that, uh, that got people's careers going by writing a short mm-hmm. film.
2: Don't give it away. Do you think? I'm I'm serious. Like really soon, we could do a part two of this and do writing the short short film.
0: Love to. Absolutely to sure. To for it?
2: Yeah. That yeah, would yeah. be wonderful. Wonderful. You can get a book sent to you, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would love that. I would love that. And thank you for requesting my book in your classes, which well, has yeah, been so nice.
0: nice. Oh, there's so many things in there I love. And that, the one thing I, I always wait when the students are really kind of stuck and they don't know what to do in the second act. And I say, okay, go read your first act again. And now we're going to do scenes through objects. <laughs> How's it going to pay off? And that's brilliant. I, I use it all the time. Oh, good. I still use it. When we're writing, I'm like. Yeah,
2: ah <laughs> yay! Oh, that makes me feel happy. Thank you so and, much. And, Thank you. And Kilar, um, one of my
1: colleagues who teaches fiction, he uses it as well. Oh, really? He heard about it when he listened to our last podcast with you and he loves using the exercises
2: for his fiction students. Oh, I'd love to talk to him, see how he's doing that. That's great. So I could recommend that. Thank you. Okay. Well, suddenly it became all about me. Let's go back to you and what you would like eyeballs on for your projects. Should everybody go to Lifetime and check out uh, Christmas reservations and a very nutty Christmas?
0: It would oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely those,
1: because
2: you can you can also get Amazon it on Amazon or now.
0: iTunes or uh, one of those Russian download sites. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anything else that they should go to? Well, of course there's the any book that is by Juliet Ayers... Gilio or Keith Giglio, please check it out, and that's G-I-G-L-I-O. So there's yeah. too many I, of them to count I, clearly. So yeah. go look at those as well. And um, do you do any social media? Do you do you like to be followed, or would you like people to leave? I, I think you alone? I,
0: started, I started my Twitter feed. I think it's Keith Gig. I can't remember uh, when the the Dragon book came out, and you know the video game that all came out of the Writers Guild strike because I needed a job to pay the mortgage and I had a friend who always tried to help in the film business, but he wound up being a game producer. And again, a game, it, not a sound like you said, a game producer. No, a, a game, game producer. producer. Well, game producer.
2: you know, he says, yeah, we're all happy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. no way, you can do whatever he wants, but he was the game producer at a toy company and he hired me during the writer's school strike. And then from that, we said, well, let's go teach this class. Cause we'd always argue about uh, Mario, that uh, Luigi Mario from the, the Mario Kart games and Aristotle. And so that, that became a book and it's kind of fun. The first class we taught at UCLA, I noticed mm-hmm. in the front row was Bryce Dallas Howard.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> and, wow. I, we, we had, and believe it or not, we had a mutual friend in AD that she went. And so I was able to sit, talk to her and like, why are you taking this class? She was, oh, it's def- you know, it's one of the new parts of storytelling I'm interested in.
2: How Cool. Yeah. wow Did you call oh. up ron and be like she doesn't want to listen to you
0: that's, yeah yeah, just, right. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we got her yeah <laughs> so as far as social media goes do you tweet do you do i mean um again. instagram instagram okay yeah. and so um, that's
0: instagram
2: yeah not a huge
1: following but it's you know, we should do it. When the movies come out, we get a lot of press, right. which is really fun because being in Syracuse, we get a lot of local press. We actually do talk shows and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I could do that, which, which is actually a tip for your writers. You know, if you don't live in LA or New York City, that it, it, it can be really fun to be a screenwriter because you're the only screenwriter in town. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, it's okay. a lot more fun. It's been more fun where when movies would come out of ours in LA, it'd be like, yeah, okay. Right. Well, her show was just on yesterday. You're just like
2: everybody else. So but, a uh, big fish.
0: But the yeah. area is good. I mean, the area we created from that, well, we'll talk more about that. We created a short film competition where four filmmakers from the region get uh, each get $40,000 for a short film. Wow. And
2: this is a total. We, and, and uh, well, well, now that you've said that, is this something that everybody can apply to or is this only for Syracuse? No, yeah, we can talk about
0: that.
1: We'll talk about it later. Okay. There are certain roles yeah. you, you have to live in the area or have gone to college in yeah. the area. But
0: um, for anybody, it's such a great time. We go to so many, we, you know, through the university, I go to Sundance a lot. Julie goes to Tribeca. Tribeca, Toronto, not this year. But what we've noticed is that it's regional filmmaking. You don't, if you're gonna make your movies yourself, you have the tools, you have the cameras, but you have the stories. You have yeah, the you stories. Script. But you make a movie. Make oh, a movie. So, that's so many I wish uh how, how what's the expression? Yeah, I wish I wish I had they had all the stuff when I was growing up in film. I think stories.
2: that's the expression. I wish I'd had all this stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely the expression. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <That's>, <laughs> That's you my, can tell we're writers. <laughs> you know, sure I like wish that. I had all that stuff. Kids <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that that, that uh, on the Netflix. I can get a movie on the Netflix. <laughs> uh,
2: well, I think that's a good note to go out on, which is if you have all the stuff, make the movie. Even if you're not here, make it. Right?
0: Make the movie. That's right.
1: Make oh, that's the right. Movie. All but right.
2: spend the time with the script yes makes spend the time with the script before you to read do anything
0: hire Pilar uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> makes a lot of sense thank you you guys and just a, a reminder of whatever book we were talking about is uh, called The Coffee Break Screenwriter I don't talk about it too much on the podcast but yeah I've got a book it's called The Coffee Break Screenwriter check it out on Amazon and it's a really accessible way I think of learning how to write TV and film so
0: it, it, thank you it, it it's great see so much smarter in my classroom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, you're making this podcast a lot smarter. I also want to remind everybody. Then I have an online class. The next one is Rewrite Techniques, and it is May 23rd through June 13th. It is Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. U.S. Pacific time, but that should be uh, reasonable for East Coasters and if you're in Europe and all that. Love to see you there. It is a four-part class. The first three parts are with me with Rewrite Techniques, but you can do it at any stage in your writing process. The fourth class is with Lee Jeff up just talking about the, your career and the, the industry so that you can get some really solid business tips. So I uh, hope to see you there. And I want to thank again, Keith and Juliet. You guys are awesome. And I can't believe I've roped you into a part two. So you will, you will hear from them very soon. Thanks to all of you for listening Great. and have a good writing week. Oh, 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 oh,